listening to the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Lauren Summer and Alana Werrick are sisters and co-founders of Moi Moi Fine Jewelry here in Sydney. Launching the business in 2004, Lauren and Alana had always planned on working for themselves, following in the footsteps of their parents, who have always been entrepreneurs. Australia's own moissanite and lab-grown diamond retail store has recently opened the doors of its brand new flagship store here in Sydney. Dedicated to superior craftsmanship and undeniable beauty, Moi Moi Fine Jewellery is redefining premium quality jewellery that doesn't cost the earth. The brand is redefining premium quality jewellery by creating custom jewellery for every occasion. Hi Lauren, thanks for joining us here today. How are you? Uh, hi Alison, yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Thanks so much for having me and um, we're in the middle of a lockdown but thanks so much we can do this over Zoom. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's, a, that's the beauty of technology. So before we kick into talking about your business, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about you. Ah, well I'm Lauren. Um, my sister Alana and I started Moi Moi Fine Jewelry in 2004 and it was just really because um, I love jewellery. I saw a gap in the market and it happened quite quickly actually within about five months that we discovered Moissanite, we opened the store um, with no experience. But I think the fact that my sister and I were both young and we were into it, we just wanted to um, give things a go and having a bit of naivety at that point in time was really amazing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're a family business. My sister and I are quite different. She's very methodical and um, very consistent with all the planning and things like that, where I'm much more marketing, branding style. So, yeah, it, it works. We're, we're a good team. Good partnership. Was there any family history in terms of running businesses or even being in the jewellery industry or you two are the, the pioneers well, our parents have always been in business, but not in retail and not in jewellery. So um, in that sense, that was different. But we'd always talked about business around the dining table and it was always I always wanted to have my own business. I had my own business before starting Moi Moi um, with my husband, actually. We had a picture framing business that he still runs and an art gallery. Um, but since then, yeah, it was just um, I think knowing that I never wanted to work for someone and seeing this opportunity, that's how it kind of all got started. And, yeah, we're, we're still here. So yeah. so when you first started, did you operate from home or did you go straight into a retail space from day one? We went straight into a retail space with a website. And in 2004, when we opened, there weren't many jewellers that had uh, websites, actually. Jewellers a really interesting industry because there's a lot of tradition and history and jewelers working on the bench. So um, to for jewelers to adapt to, to being online and websites, particularly in the early 2000s, was something quite different. Um, where we, not having that jewellery background, knew that we, you know, got to have a proper website, got to have yeah. your jewellery photographed. And um, so, yeah, you we, we launched the website time. and the shop within five five months yeah right so the shop space that you had when you first opened I'm assuming it was quite small and was it by appointment only or how did you run it 
No, so uh, retail seven days a week in the Queen Victoria building was the store and we'd been in that store for 16 years until just earlier this year when we moved into a new space just down the hall. Incredible. So do you enjoy being in the city? Love being in the city. I think, um, look, it's a bit of a tough time with lockdown at the moment in the city because the city is the one that gets affected the most. Mm. Corporate people are told to work from home and so traffic dies very quickly when we've got COVID going on. But, you know, in the long term and in normal times, the city is an amazing place to be. It's really vibrant. There's a lot of international brands. You get um, a lot of people travelling in and out, not just internationally but also domestically. And you really get that feeling that when people come into the city to buy something special like a piece of jewellery, it's an experience, an experience coming in and it's something that's special. And these are moments that people remember when they bought their engagement ring and then had a really nice lunch after or that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right then, so let's talk about Moissanite and Lab Grown grown Diamonds. So if you can talk us through those, that'd be great. Sure. Well, um, that's the jewels that we specialise in. And Moissanite and Lab Grown Diamonds, they look very much the same, but they're actually two totally different jewels. We only introduced Lab Grown Diamonds about 18 months ago, but all prior to that it was Moissanite. And Moissanite is... A beautiful jewel. It's made from a natural mineral, which is silicon carbide, but it actually has more brilliance, fire, and luster than any other jewel, including diamonds, and they last forever as well. It, they're ethical and they're also environmentally uh, friendly. So they're a very good um, jewel to consider for your special piece of jewelry, not to mention that they're about 90 to 95% less expensive than a diamond of the same size and quality. I was, that was my next question. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a huge price difference. Um, lab-grown diamonds are identical to mine diamonds. It's just the way that they're formed that's different. So um, lab-grown diamonds are made from carbon, diamonds are made from carbon, and diamonds are formed in the earth from heat and pressure, and then they come to the surface and then they're hand-cut and faceted to become a beautiful jewel that you can wear. Lab-grown diamonds are formed in a lab using heat and pressure as well, but because they're made in a lab, they can be made faster, they're guaranteed to be conflict-free, there's less impact on the environment, and then you get you can get between 40 to sort of 75% off the price for a lab-grown diamond versus a mine diamond. Yeah. How long so there's it, a lot of advantages. Yeah. How long does it take for the diamond to form? I mean, I know a that that's a couple of months. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's still a very um, technical process. It's not an easy process to do. So you can't easily set up a factory to create lab-grown diamonds. It's a very labour-intensive, huge investment um, to do that. But it's they've been trying to do this for quite a long time and it's only in the last few years that it's become commercially viable in terms of the technology being um, up to speed to create high quality jewels and also at a price that's affordable and attractive for for women and consumers to want yeah what's the most popular type of diamond that people purchase of you 
definitely round cuts are always yeah. the most popular. Um, and we sell pink diamonds as well. Pink diamonds are popular, but it's always a white round cut diamond or moissanite is the most popular. You've got so much symmetry in a round, brilliant cut. But we've seen a big trend too in long, fancy shapes like an oval or a pear. Because people are going up and up in size with this greater affordability, mm. people wanting to show their jewels off on social media, yeah. um, it's quite different to engagement rings these days are quite different to 20 years ago. Mm. It was one carat used to be a massive stone and it's quite rare that we sell a one carat anymore. Really? It's sort of two, yeah, two carats, three carats, four carats. Even last month we sold a 25-carat emerald cut for a ring. It's a huge, very celebrity how big style. How 25 carats? Like how it's big? enormous. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's huge. And it, it, But this is what we're able to do now. And yeah. um, Is it heavy? Yeah, so Where? It would have to be. Heavy, yeah. <laughs> heavy and big. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say... Um, between the two to four carats is really our sweet spot at the moment, yeah. Interesting. So really you see this going in trends and you've been in the business long enough probably to see a few different trends pass by. Definitely. And I think because, um, well, I mean, to give you an example, Alison, if you were to get a two-carat um, round brilliant from an online retailer, which would be a, a lower price um price point for a mine diamond you're looking at about 40,000 for a two carat uh, round brilliant in um, lab grown diamonds it's about 10 to 11,000 for the exact quali same quality and size and then in moissanite it's about 2,800. Geez that's a huge difference in price isn't it? Yeah. Well, it actually makes jewelry buying really fun. Yeah. Um, because you can we we do a lot of custom made jewelry and we have a lot of customers that you know, they've got diamond jewelry and or they want to create something really special or unique. And they can because it's so accessible. Yeah. But they're really high quality jewels that last forever. So there's no compromise in the quality. Yeah. That that was my next question is do you find, and I think you're going to say yes, is that you're customising a lot of the jewellery for, for your clients that come in? We are, yeah. So, I mean, we're about 50-50. So right. everyone likes to have a personal touch on things. Um, we've got thousands of designs that we actually design ourselves. Some jewellers, they buy jewellery designs from big manufacturers, but we actually design all of our own pieces. Some of our customers want to put a bit of a personal touch on that. So they might say, oh, could we just add a few little stones in the in the um, prongs that are holding the centre stone to make it my own? Mm -hmm. And then we've got another section of customers that have a complete custom make design and we sit down and work it out from scratch for them. Mm -hmm. So it's a big part of our business now. Um, and it's and it's exciting part. We we have CAD drawers that draw it up for them so they can see it before it's made. Yeah. Um, all of our sales staff are able to design and quote the custom made on the spot, which is another quite unique um, aspect to jewelry. That's not always the case. So we try to make the whole experience fun for our customers to just. Just enjoy joy jewelry. Don't it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be out of reach. Yeah, um, we can have this great experience together and have a really good time. And then you'll end up with a piece that you can enjoy. And um, oh, good. Yeah. Do you do any virtual appointments? We do so many virtual appointments, and it's become 
completely important at this moment of lockdown. Mm. Um, so we're, um, we had to pivot quite quickly during last lockdown and probably didn't work as hard as I did at that time where we just had to put out a um, whole new website, virtual appointments and live chat. We have staff that work from 10 till 10 p.m. every day so that um, that's when customers are available to talk. And also we have a different initiative um, that I don't believe anyone in Australia is doing this, but we have samples of all of our designs. So if you want to try on your rings at home right now, we could send out five different designs to you to try and see how it feels on the hand, how it looks, take some photos and then send it back and then we can order for it, uh, make it for you in your size. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Wow, gee, isn't that great? This it's is really the, good. The good thing about like, you know, one of the good things that have come out of COVID is people are just so willing to do so many things online now and yeah. it just makes it so much better for, for businesses like you that have, have had to shut the doors, the, the ability to do these kind of things. So Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think, um, it, you know, these kinds of crises, whether it be COVID or something else, yeah. They push you to think of other ways that you may not have thought of before. So, yeah, it's painful sometimes to go through these these periods. But another way to look at it is how can we grow in a way that we may not have ever thought of because we were so comfortable before Mm -hmm. having people walk into the store and, oh, my gosh, suddenly our store can't be open. Yeah. And we still want to keep trading. So, yeah, I think... um, any any type of area like this, it, it's always a good thing. It's always a good mm. thing to be pushed out of yeah. your comfort zone and wh- yeah. whatever industry you're in. That's right. Do you think having the retail space in the city was really your big driver for brand awareness and people finding out about you? I do. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big part. But I think what these types of times show us is you can't rely on any one thing. Yeah. Um, and yes, that is very important. And I think particularly for our product, jewellery, luxury goods, that has a lot of emotional value as well. People want to touch, see, feel and and have something experienced that they can connect to emotionally. But if we solely rely on that one form, there's an issue when it's taken away from us and so we have to develop a whole series of other events whether that be talking to people on social media through an Instagram live or doing a virtual consultation or sending something nice in the mail for them when they receive their samples um, like a cup of tea for them to have a break anything that you know so yeah I do think it's about diversification at the moment and not putting all of your eggs in one basket because that can be scary. Yeah, absolutely. It it's so true. It's so true. When you first open your doors because it's a luxury good, it's high ticketed item and yep. opening in the city would have been like exciting but also scary. Yeah. <laughs> and also for some jewelry stores like some people are intimidated to walk in. Yeah. So how, when you opened those doors to begin with, yeah, um, 
what was it like trying to be thinking like when are my first customers going to be coming in and how how are we going to, we've got all the everything to start it but how is it actually going to kick yeah off? I love that question so much so I was um 25 and my sister was 24 when we opened and all I the only thing I could draw upon is what would what would I like what would you like Alana as a customer to walk in and the word you just used then intimidating is bang on because I remember um, looking for jewellery myself before that time, not as a jewellery a jewelry business yeah. owner, but feeling intimidated. Am I wearing the right outfit? They're all like, you know, you've got they've got to open the door for you. How much does that cost? You're bending your head to have a look at under the display. And so we broke all of that down and um, all of our prices are shown on all of our rings in the store. We train all of our staff um, to get a piece of jewellery out in the first 10 or 15 seconds to hand to the customer to start that conversation so that they feel comfortable to try things on, have fun, have a play. Um, Another thing was a lot of jewellery companies are really aimed at men. Their, Their customer is men who make the final purchase and we knew that our product actually would be driven by women who are leading them and to say, look, I've actually found this whole new jewel. Would you be interested in getting that for me? All of those sorts of things. Or I'm going to buy it for myself. Why Why do I have to wait for a man to buy it for me? So, you know, our branding is geared to women. Our um, The way we sell, the way we talk about it, it's all about interacting and having fun and um that's exactly what we have in our new space as well, is more of a digital interactive experience that combines online with bricks and mortar. Mm. Wow. Do you work in the retail space most days and your sister? I don't anymore. I, we did for the first 10 years um, and then since then we have a head office now. But our head office is two minutes walk away from our um, store. So we're constantly in there every day, mm-hmm. but we're not necessarily working. Although I actually love it. Like we had an event on and I love selling to customers. I love talking yeah. with them and, and just working out a way to achieve what they want. It's, it's really satisfying and it's a mm-hmm. real buzz when they get the piece of jewellery that they've always wanted. Yeah. So exactly where is the location of the new store? We're in Queen Victoria building. We opened four weeks before we went into lockdown, but it's okay. It'll be it'll be ready and waiting for us when we come out of all of this. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a um, the reason we wanted to increase our floor space was to give our customers an experience where they could sit down with our sales consultants, design their piece of jewelry, have that luxury experience. We've got drinks and all of those types of things. So it's a much more um, VIP experience than we were able to give in the smaller space. Mm, Wow. What's been one of your biggest learnings you've gathered in your time in business so far? Ah, big question. I think... um, I think to just be able to control what you control. There are so many external factors all the time that come for different reasons. Um, We went through the GFC. We're now going through our second COVID, um, different competition that comes up. And 
even tariffs that we have, we export to um, with our wholesale business to different territories. So we've had tariff impositions, all kinds of things. And really, you can't, at first I used to get very worked up about these things and, you know, but really there's nothing you can do. And all you can do is focus on what you can control. And really when you bring it down to that, there's a lot you can do in any circumstance. Um, you just have to block out the noise, <laughs> keep running in your own race. And um, and I think it's really important at the moment when we're going through this um, it's a real challenge for small business COVID right now, this second wave. I think it's in some ways more challenging than the first round. But if we keep focusing on what we can do and how we can help our own people and our own customers, then I think that's the way out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It comes with um, experience as well, being able to take that approach. I think so, I yeah. do. I think at first it's a, it's panicking and um you know, I, I really feel for people starting out right now because there's huge challenges that we're facing. Mm. And I do think uh, small business does bear a lot of the burdens um, in terms of managing our staff, keeping up to date with, with um, we don't have the resources that huge corporations have in terms of a HR team and a, yeah. and all of, so there's a lot of hats to wear at the moment as well as marketing your business, mm. trying to still continue sales. Yeah. Um, and, but but it, it can be done if we just keep calm and carry on, I guess. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, my gosh. All right, then. So where can everyone find you? So just those listening to confirm, we can do virtual appointments, well, not me. Yes. <laughs> you can do virtual appointments. We as can well. do virtual appointments. Yeah. We're open seven days and we can also deliver jewelry to people to try on and see before they buy. Um, so yeah, you can find us at moimoy.com.au or our Instagram is moimoy find jewelry. And moimoy is spelled M-O-I-M-O-I. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Lauren, yeah. thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks, Alison. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.